On today's episode of the Bourbon Bites podcast, I'm reviewing Knob Creek 12-year-old bourbon and comparing it with the cask strength release. Plus, I'm talking about what games I've been enjoying the most so far in 2022. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Bites podcast. I'm your host, Clifton, and today I thought it would be really fun to do a bit of a comparison. So this week has been pretty light in terms of whiskey news and video game news. There's not too much to talk about. Um, So I wanted to take this time to not only compare two of my favorite bourbons I've tried recently, but also talk about what games I've been playing recently. Some of these you may know from streams on Twitch, but some others I haven't really talked very much about. So this is going to be a very chill stream. So pour a glass or unless you're driving, then, you know, drive safely. But if you're at home and listening, um, grab a glass, maybe of some Knob Creek if you have some, because we're about to get into Knob Creek 12-year-old. So I've had the regular 12-year-old release for a while now. I actually just bought a backup bottle at the end of last year, but I actually just got into a sample of the cast strength version of Knob Creek 12-year. Huge shout out to our friends Brian and Tammy Brennicky. I believe they are the ones that gave me this sample. I've had it for a really long time, and I actually forgot I had it. I've been, you know, desperately trying to find a bottle of the 12 cast strength. Um, have had no luck. I've heard it didn't even make it out here to California, which um, explains why I haven't found it. But thanks to wonderful viewers and friends, I get a chance to try it. Um, So I'm going to start with the regular 12-year-old. Like I said, I've had this for a while. I've really been enjoying it. My second bottle actually came from a flash sale at BevMo. It's the same time I got uh, a bottle of Old Forester Birthday Bourbon, which I haven't quite figured out what I'm doing with yet. Um, But I had a second account for my husband, and all the good stuff was gone. But they did have the 12, um, just the regular small batch version of the 12, for only 50 bucks. I'm like, heck yes, that's a crazy good price price. So I bought a backup bottle, um, but this is my original one. I've had it um, since it pretty much came out. I This was almost like a day one buy for me. I've, I had to know how it was. So let's go and get it poured. So this release is 100 proof, same as standard Knob Creek, um, but it does have a 12 year old age statement, which is three more than the standard Knob Creek. Now, it's very, very easy to try to compare this to the single barrel store picks that came out. Um, Probably 2019 was when I saw the most of them that were, you know, 12 to 16 years old. I enjoyed very, very many of those. I absolutely loved the older ones. Um, I I have backup bottles of some of the 14-year-old picks I, I bought. Um, but I think those days are behind us, sadly. I don't think we're going to see store picks that are that old anytime soon. Um, most of the ones that have come out here have been just under 10 years old. Um, so, you know, not bad at all, especially for the price they are, but I don't think we're going to see those older releases, um, again. I mean, hopefully in the future, that's kind of been one of my hopes for 2022 in whiskey. I'd love to see more older releases. You know, we see so many great five to six year old MGP. I would love to try it at seven to eight years old. So I love older whiskey, which is why I'm glad that, you know, Knob Creek may not be giving us the 14 year old store picks, but they are giving us a 12 year old, which is again, older than the standard release. So let's go ahead and give this a nose. 
Oh man, that's so warming and inviting. I mean, Knob Creek for the longest time has really been one of my favorite expressions of bourbon. Um, Y'all know Elijah Craig Barrel Proof is my favorite bourbon just in general. However, if I had to pick a label that was my favorite, I gotta go with Knob Creek. I think everything that Knob Creek has put out, whether it's the small batch, the single barrel, uh, the cast strength, the 2001, all the different Knob Creeks have been so, so delicious. So I think Knob Creek is my favorite label of bourbon. Although the only thing I haven't tried from them is the uh, smoked maple, which mm, I don't know about that one. It's, it's actually a flavored whiskey. So, um, But other than that, I think Knob Creek just makes incredible, incredible products. If I see Knob Creek on anything, even as a new product, I'm going to buy it and try it. Um, the only thing that's kind of let me down was the 15 year, um, which was also hundred proof. I just think for the price, I don't think it was worth it. But this one, like I said, I grabbed a backup bottle for $50. I think that's significantly below MSRP. I think I paid around 60 or 65 for this first one. Um, so I'm going to be judging it based on MSRP versus, you know, the crazy good deal I got on the backup bottle. This, though, is just everything I love about Knob Creek 12 on the nose. It's it's oaky, it's rich, it's, you know, even at 100 proof, there's so much character there. And I, I really like the flavor profile of most Jim Beam products. Yes, it's nutty. So if you don't like nutty or peanut butter, you may not like this as much, but I'm a huge, huge fan of those flavors. So I can definitely tell this is going to be a nutty nut bomb. I don't know, <laughs> a nut bomb <laughs> on the palate. All right, let's go and get a taste. Cheers, guys. Oh, man. That's so nice. It's got so much oak richness, intoxicating levels of oak. I feel like one of my favorite phrases I've been saying lately is that this is like a saturated oak. And I get that note from Knob Creek. Knob Creek is the one that inspired me using that note for a lot of whiskeys. It's like a rich, older oak. It's not dry. It's not, you know, young, like wood shavings. It is saturated with flavor. It's not tannic, but it has a lot of depth and wood sugars and um, really dark, rich flavor notes. And that's exactly what I'm getting on this bourbon. Surprisingly, the, the nuttiness isn't what catches me first it's you know that oak but it's also a brown sugar dark caramel note as well it kind of leaves your mouth feeling like you just ate a really decadent um, piece of like caramel or maybe like a like a praline uh, I grew up I grew up in South Carolina so pralines were like the definition of a decadent dessert um, it kind of leaves you feeling like that finish wise I mean dang for a hundred proof whiskey this is an exceptionally long finish it honestly has just as good of a finish as some cast strength bourbons I've had which is a really really great thing it lingers but in the best of ways so I'm going to leave a little bit of that in my glass and grab another uh, Glencairn glass and pour the 12 cask strength. So this one that I have um, here in the sample is 120.5 proof. So very, very similar to the single barrel um, releases. Those aren't cask strength. I've been saying cask strength, but they are, you know, capped at 120 proof. Some of them do go higher in terms of like when it's pulled out of the barrel. Um, but for the single barrel releases, they always proof them down to 120, um, which is kind of disappointing, but you know, it's so high. I'm not going to fault them for that. However, this is natural cast strength and it's 120.5. So no water has been added to this uh, Knob Creek. Like I said, this was a very, very limited release. Um, it only made it to a few places. The MSRP on it was $90. Um, which is still, I mean, it's a little bit less than the 15 year, um, but it is, you know, 
cask strength. And I think that is a very, you know, I mean, yes, again, you want to compare it to the single barrel um, picks that were coming out that were 14, 15, 16 years old um, at 120 proof. Those were around $60, um, which was a heck of a deal. I mean, that was an absolute steal. Um, But this is kind of what we have now, $90. Pricey, but hopefully this is worth it. I have not had this um, in a while, so I'm excited to go back into it. I took a little sip of it when I first rediscovered that I hadn't let it sit here for, you know, a few months. Um, But I'm excited to finally give it an official tasting and review uh, here on the podcast. Which, by the way, if you're enjoying it, make sure you are following me on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, I am on Podbean, was where I produce the episodes, but the episodes are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible. Um, so wherever you choose to listen, you know, wherever you're already on, make sure to check to see if you can leave a rating. I know Audible and uh, Spotify and Apple allow you to post reviews or ratings. Um, so that really does help out in terms of helping people discover the podcast. So if you have a moment um, after this episode or while you're listening to it, if you could leave a review and rating, it would be extremely appreciated. And um, it really is encouraging to hopefully find new people through this platform. I know right now a lot of people listening are people that, you know, already watch me on YouTube or, you know, maybe even Twitch, but I would love to find a new audience of podcast listeners. And hopefully I'm doing a good enough job to keep people around. I appreciate all feedback, you know, even even if it is, you know, something I can improve on. I absolutely love that. Um, so I would love to hear what you guys think of the show so far and what you want to see in it in this next year. All right, let's go ahead and give this 12-year castrant the nose. Uh, okay. It's similar, but there's a lot more brightness to it. And I think that's also being impacted by the proof. It's definitely reaching my nose hairs a little bit quicker. Whereas the regular 12-year at 100 proof was a lot more of those nutty and those um, oaky notes. This one is a little bit more bright, more fruity. I almost want to say tannic, but I think that's really just the proof because, I mean, again, there's a big difference in that on the nose. So before I judge this too harshly, I'm going to have to give it a taste. So cheers, and thank you again, uh, Brian and Tammy, for sending the sample. Oh, man. Oh, it's just bringing back all those memories of those older Knob Creek uh, single barrels I've had over the years. Again, really fruity and a lot more bright than the regular 12. I think it has um, not necessarily, I mean, I want to say more complex, but the complexity is different. It's not like those darker notes. They're still there, of course. Um, But there's a lot more going on at the front of the palette than I think was on the small batch or the, the regular 100 proof. And I have another sip of that one. Yeah, it's definitely a thinker. I think it has like a layer of... Um, what I would, I guess, associate with like kind of like a, a dusty kind of note at the beginning of the palette. Um, of course, not in a negative way, definitely in a positive way. And then it gets sweet. And I, I don't get strawberry very often on a bourbon, but there's like a brighter red fruit up front. And it's not cherry. It, it's definitely like sweet and juicy. And the first thing that comes to mind to me is strawberry, which is really interesting. I don't think I've ever got that note on a Knob Creek. And then the mid palette definitely goes towards that wood note. Now, I feel like this is a little less, um, I guess, saturated as the 100 proof. For me, this one is a lot more, it's leaning more towards the lighter, maybe a little bit more of the younger oak, uh, which, you know, can be very, very negative on a really young whiskey. This is obviously a 12-year age-dated whiskey, so it's definitely been in the barrel for a while. It's just the way that the barrel um, interacts with it is a lot more um, bright, I guess I would say, than the darker, richer uh, notes that I was getting on the regular 12. Still, though, with those bright notes, it's kind of reminding me a bit of like an Elijah Craig barrel proof. For me, those don't really go as dark and rich and oaky as like a Knob Creek does. To me, those are more desserty, And this has those desserty notes. Like I said, that strawberry is like a strawberry pastry. 
However, I feel like the finish on this doesn't quite linger in the way that the 100 proof one does, which is crazy to me because again, it's it's 120.5 proof. Let me have another sip of the regular 100 proof just to, I guess, solidify that statement because I mean, that, that seems crazy to me. Let's, let's see if it's true. Okay, going back to the 100 proof after drinking this 120 proof, they are a lot more similar than I thought. I think there was a note that I was lingering onto the cast strength one, that brighter, fruitier note. And now that I go back to the 100 proof, it's there, but it's definitely, you know, behind the oakiness that I was getting on, you know, the dominant flavor of the 100 proof. However, side by side, these are very, very similar. So you do get a little bit of a kick from that extra proof. However, I feel like the finish, you know, the, the overall experience, you know, how long it lingers on the mouth is very similar between the two. And that's crazy to me because one of these is a $60 bourbon and the other is 90 so $30 more, same age statement. Um, one is just cast strength and one's 100 proof. But the difference between the two is a lot less than I thought, which is great for me because like I said, I can't find the cast strength anywhere. Um, but both of these are just absolutely delicious bourbons. And I'm so glad um, to have tried the, the, the cast strength version. It's delicious. Um, but knowing that it's similar enough to the 100 proof version makes me feel a little less left out and I'll definitely be buying another backup of the 100 proof if I see it because even at $60 which is you know more expensive than the single barrel picks of it or even the non-picks the single barrel um, nine-year uh, Knob Creeks. It is more expensive, but I think there's a lot going on here that those extra few years of age really brings out. And the, I mean, both exceptional. I, I would buy both of them, but the fact that I can't get the cast strength makes me a little less sad now that I've tried it side by side because that 100 proof version is absolutely delicious and a winner at $60. Now I do want to mention, uh, end of last year, a label for a 18 year old Knob Creek was filed with the TTB. Um, there's not much known about this in terms of when we're actually getting it. It says limited edition on it, um, so I'm not sure in terms of availability. It is 100 proof, just like this uh, small batch 12 year I'm drinking here. Um, MSRP on this is said to be $150. I know, that's that's really high, right? Um, I know Elijah Craig 18 year is, you know, probably MSRP is similar to that, probably even higher. I think that's like 180, honestly. Um, but again, availability on that one. Good luck finding a bottle. Um, so that's going to be a tough one to pull the trigger on, especially now that I've tried the 15 year, um, that was also at a hundred proof and that was a hundred dollars. I think that one wasn't worth it. Honestly, it, it's been a minute since I've had that. So I don't remember exactly what I didn't love about it. Um, I actually bought a whole bottle of it and I went through a whole bottle and I still didn't love it by the end of that. So I mean, I'll honestly probably buy a bottle of the 18 year if I do see it. I would love to. I mean, obviously for the show, right? Um, that gives me more reason to buy it. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, that is pricey. Um, but how often are you going to get a chance to get an 18 year old bourbon, especially from my, you know, one of my top three distilleries that I that I love. Um, so I'll definitely buy one and give it a try. Fingers crossed it's better than the 15 year, but we really don't know until we try it. So I'll keep you guys updated as soon as I hear about that actually coming out. I will um, try to get my hands on a bottle. Um, but also let you guys know to be on the hunt for it. So keep an eye out because Knob Creek just continues to kill it. Like I said, favorite label of whiskey. I'm, I, I, I look forward to every release they put out. So like I said, pretty light on news. Um, there are a couple of other whiskeys that have gotten TTB label filings. Um, thanks to our friend Cumming Whiskey on Instagram. If you're not yet following Cumming Whiskey, please do because this is where I get a lot of my uh, information in terms of upcoming releases. 
um, he kind of stalks the TTB filing website and posts the the latest um, updates there. Um, two of these that I just saw are actually really exciting. One of them is still Austin's 100% rye whiskey. They're calling it The Artist. So I actually had the opportunity to try this at cast strength at the distillery um, when I was there in September. And it's really good, guys. Like They are proofing it down to 49.8% ABV, so 99.6 proof for the official release. But what they're doing with this rye whiskey is very, very exciting. It's very different from other rye whiskeys. They distill it on site, so it's, it's definitely a different style of rye than you know your typical 95.5 MGP rye. The thing I remember the most is it takes on a lot more earthiness. It's less of those bright, you know, grassy kind of notes and more of this really rich, dense um, rye bread. So they are coming out with an official release of this. Like I said, the TTB label has been filed. The artwork on it is beautiful. Uh, you're seeing the artist actually painting the red bird, which has kind of become their symbol. Um, you see it across their bourbons. So this is one I'm absolutely so excited for. I would love to have Chris from Still Austin come back on my channel to talk about this release. I know we kind of teased it when I had him on last time, but yeah, keep an eye out for more updates from Still Austin. Like I said, they've sent me uh, their previous bottles for a live stream. So hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, I get my hands on a bottle of the 100% rye whiskey because it's absolutely delicious from my memory at the distillery. Now that's, you know, not the official bottling that was at cast strength. So uh, we'll see how it actually turns out once they actually bottle it. So, but I'm very excited for it. Speaking of rye whiskeys, there is another TTB label filing for Uncle Nearest Rye. So if you're not familiar with Uncle Nearest, it is a fantastic story about digging into the history of African Americans' involvement with whiskey making, distilling, and the true story of Jack Daniels. It's an absolutely incredible brand. Um, what they're doing there is awesome. I actually just had a pour of their, um, I think it's the 1856. I had it over Christmas holiday, um, and it's really solid stuff. It's actually one of my favorite Tennessee distilleries out there just in general. Um, but they are having an Uncle Nearest Rye Whiskey, which is released at 93 proof. And what's really, really interesting about this one is on the back label, they say, the funny thing about Tennessee is for all our stunning farms and incredible farmers, we can't grow rye worth a damn. They basically say that the rye, you know, doesn't grow well in Tennessee soil or the climate. Um, so they said they had to go out and find the best rye whiskey and bring it back to Tennessee to rest in our uncle nearest barrels. So when you hear that, the first thing you think of, it's probably like, oh, of course, they're going to go to Indiana, just like everyone goes to Indiana. But no, they said, where do we finally find it? New York, baby. So they are actually bringing in New York rye whiskey and they are aging it on site at Uncle Nearest. I don't have any experience with rye whiskey from New York. I'm not actually sure which distillery is even making this. If you know, make sure to let me know over on Discord. I don't have much experience with New York distilleries. I'm very excited to learn more. Um, so this one's got me really excited. I love trying new styles of rye. Um, rye is one of my favorite categories. I, I feel like I talk about it a lot on here, but I feel like most people just, you know, assume I mainly like bourbon. I do, of course, bourbon's still my first love, but rye whiskey can be really interesting, especially when you start looking at finishings and, um, different unique things to do with the barrels. Rye whiskey takes on so much more depth and flavor from outside sources, um, whether it's finishing or toasting the barrel. Um, so I'm really, really excited to see what New York rye whiskey tastes like. So keep an eye out for that. Like I said, don't know when it's coming out. Um, the TTB label was filed, um, and it's just called Uncle Nearest Rye. So before I go, I do want to take a minute to talk about some of the games I've been enjoying lately. Um, one of the games that I, I talked about on the podcast, um, I was talking about the Game Awards. This was the one that actually won Game of the Year and also Best Multiplayer Game. It's called It Takes Two. 
Um, I hadn't heard about it at the time of recording that podcast, but um, our Patreon and Discord member, uh, The Bourbon Noob, actually recommended I pick it up. So I did, and my husband and I have been loving that game. It is basically like a Pixar movie turned into a video game, but it's really challenging. Like The story is so engaging, but the actual puzzles and stuff you have to solve, you really do rely on the second player. So definitely not a single player game, but if you have someone, I believe they have local co-op um, like on the couch, but they also have online co-op so if you have a friend that has the game um, and you guys want to play together that's possible we have it on playstation 5 um, but man we have absolutely been enjoying the heck out of that game we haven't beat it we keep thinking we're getting close to the end you know we keep making progress and getting closer and closer to rose who is our daughter the, the goal of the game is to reconnect with your daughter you basically are a struggling couple that are going through um, a divorce or they say they're going through a divorce and they get turned into dolls so you have to work together as a team um, to get your daughter's attention and get transformed back into humans i don't know what happens at the end so no spoilers but uh i'm so engaged in this game we've been playing it literally every night for the past week so i'm so excited to get back into it maybe we'll beat it tonight i don't know i don't know how long we have to go like i said i keep thinking we're gonna beat it and we don't because there's <laughs> there's so much more to the story um but definitely if you have someone to play with definitely pick up it takes two it's just an absolutely fantastic game Another game I bought while it was on sale um, was the Hot Wheels Unleashed game. That was another one that I talked about um, on my Black Friday episode. It, it was basically on sale at the same prices of the Black Friday during the uh, Steam winter sale. Um, but that game is such a fun casual game. I played the classic Hot Wheels, you know, PC games back during my childhood. This is definitely very reminiscent of that. However, it is definitely updated with the latest graphics. I mean, literally the cars get little scratches on them when you when you do a race. It's so realistic, but it's also like not overly realistic where you don't have fun with it. You have to worry about, you know, shifting gears and stuff like that. It's very much, you know, toy cars. Uh, so you definitely have to, you know, <laughs> suspend your, you know, realism in some aspects. Aspects, but I love racing games like that. I haven't played online yet. I've just played the story mode. And I'm, I'm not very far into it, uh, but I've had a ton of fun with that. I've actually streamed it a couple of times on Twitch. So if you want to see me play that, uh, just head to twitch.tv slash bourbon bites for uh, more gaming streams. I do those randomly, not necessarily certain times of the week. I'm trying to do them more on uh, Saturdays, of course, during my normal time. Uh, but I also want to start doing a pre-gaming stream, um, which I've done a couple of times, but I would love to pre-game, get it pre-game on Twitch. Um, before my Thursday night lives over on YouTube. I'm um, not sure if I'll do that this week, um, but it, it's it's a lot of fun to do it. It's just a lot of times when I have a guest on, I have to be very prepared for that. So I don't get as much time to play a little bit before, especially because I'm also literally eating dinner right before going live. So don't really have much time most Thursdays, but when I get a chance to do it, it's, it's tons of fun and I feel like it helps hype me up for the actual stream. So if you are interested in things like that, make sure to follow me on Twitch. Um, but I think that does it for this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. If you have any topic ideas or news stories you want to share, make sure to share them over on our Discord server. Um, you go to bourbonbites.com and scroll to the bottom. There will be a link to the Whiskey and Gaming Lounge Discord server. Everyone's welcome there. We have a Whiskey News channel where you can share all the latest news um, as well as an arcade channel for video game news. So thank you all so much. This has been Bourbon Bites. Cheers, and I'll talk to you next episode.